television is where all the big risks are being taken, where the most exciting work is happening. And this is a festival that celebrates that. Finally, there's an independent avenue for people who want to just go into the TV business. It's just wonderful to have an outlet for all of the creativity that's happening in television and in new digital media right now. The fact that there's this, there's Series Fest, which allows you to put it in front of an audience and gives you a platform to put it out there. Like that's the most impactful thing as artists that we can ever hope for. Hi, I'm Randy Kleiner. And I'm Kaylee Smith Westbrook. As the co-founders of Series Fest, we welcome you to Breaking In, a Series Fest podcast. In 2015, Series Fest began its mission to champion and empower artists at the forefront of episodic storytelling by providing year-round opportunities for creators and industry experts to connect, collaborate, and share stories. We are thrilled to expand our mission with this podcast as we talk to working professionals in television and gain insight, advice, and hear their journey of breaking in. Today, Randy and I are speaking with executive producer and EIC, Chris Wagner. With 20 years of experience, Chris has overseen more than 2.5 billion in TV budgets and has helped run companies as well as starting three of his own, focusing on production services. As the founder and CEO of White Label Productions, Chris has overseen series such as The Masked Singer for Fox, Celebrity Show Off for TBS, Miss Universe 2019, Savage X Fenty Show Volume 1 and 2 for Amazon Prime Video, and Encore for Disney+. His work has also received Emmy nominations for Season 3 of The Masked Singer and the syndicated edition of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Hi, Chris. Hi, Kaylee. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Fantastic. Happy to be here with you, too. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. We're so excited to delve into your pretty incredible career. Um, and I'm just going to start it off right now, right worth where you are. You're the founder and CEO of White Label Productions. Can you just tell us a little bit about the company and how it got started? Yeah, I found it in the market that basically offers production services, just like all the big companies do, but with none of the overhead and do it cheaper, better, faster to, to give networks and talent-owned companies and other production companies, uh, an alternative that everyone is confident in because we all hire the same people. We all use the same equipment, but just an honest and transparent way to, to make TV, put all the money on the screen and, and really do our best to, to set it up for success. How many productions are usually working on at once? We've been really fortunate, super busy in 2021. We had four, five going on at the same time. Wow. Yeah, it's been crazy. And probably more. I'm looking at my whiteboard. Um, yeah, five or six at a time. So it's been, you know, it, it, two things. Obviously, we're super fortunate. Um, but second thing, it just, you know, it reconfirms with me the need to to have this company around. So how did you build a company that is producing that many shows at once? How, how did this all begin? Well, I think it happened. So at first I was doing, I really bounced around um, early in my career between Mark Burnett and Fremantle Media mm. and got to see, you know, got a peek behind the, the cape of the wizard and see really how the budgets were built, um, what they charged for. And as I, you know, got older and more experience, 
started to form my own relationships, ran small companies and big companies and like realized that the networks were coming directly to me or they felt confident if I was there while I was at the company. Um, so it started about seven years ago. Uh, my buddy had a was at DirecTV and, and really kind of gave me an overall with them and introduced me to production services, really. And I just realized, like, there's got to be a better way to do this. You know, once the market crashed in 2009, budgets got chopped. They never really came up again since then. Um, realized that there was a need to do these, basically streamline the, the television process to to really put all the money on screen. Don't take anything for overhead or, or don't take much, um, which ultimately allows the this project to get set up for success and have ensuing seasons. Like if it's really just the hard cost of the show versus hide bullshit in there. Right. Started my first company about seven years ago, had a few couple partners along the way and, and really just realized like nobody else aligned up like with how important I thought this was needed in the market. So I went on on my own. Well, we, we both have to admit that we're big Mass Singer fans, because, <laughs> especially when it started, because it was, I'll never forget when I first saw the series, I like, I didn't intend to watch it, just happened to like turn it on and my screen was on Fox and there was like a big dancing something, you know, animal. And I was like, yeah. what is this show? How could this have come to be? And I'm just curious how you got involved in working on it and what your experience was. It's so funny. So I just had breakfast today. I don't know if you guys know Jimmy Fox. If you don't, you should meet him. Great human. And he actually had the original rights to Mass Singer and pitched it all around town. <gasps> and MTV bought it. But then when MTV's new regime came in, they took it off the list. And, you know, again, Jimmy could tell you the story, but basically he let the rights pass. And Craig Plestis, who's a genius, um, he picked it up, having done a lot of business and has a lot of good knowledge about formats internationally, uh, brought it. Rob Wade was now president of Fox. He took it to Rob and, and boom, I didn't come in till the third season. Um, and I knew little about it, like didn't watch it really. And then watch it when, when Rob called me, but yeah, it's so fun. It's a super good show. It's great co-viewing and it just, it makes sense. It's so straightforward it's, and it's so fun. Um, yeah, I had a great time on that show and I still work with Craig on some other stuff. Um, but like, you know, the, the secret, it, like their security is second to none because like they even keep the, the singers separate so that they don't know each other and like agents and Managers have to wear masks because, you know, X manager may represent Y talent. So you don't want to blow that. And it was when I was there, shot at CBS, Television City or on Fairfax and Beverly. And like we had big walls up so the paparazzi couldn't get on the farmer's market um, parking garage and take pictures. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) They have it down. They had it down to such a science. And, you know, it was fun because then I'd find myself watching and trying to guess. Right. And I knew who they were. But. It's yeah, it's a great show. My kids love it. It's it's so fun. And I'm so glad to see it keep going and be successful for Craig and Rob and the whole gang over there. It's a good one. Brandy, I think Brandy's the one that got me into it and was like, you have to watch. And my husband and I started watching and we're 
obsessed and love it. And um, I actually, that was going to be one of my questions. I was going to ask you, do, do the other contestants know the other contestants? Like, how do they do this? How do they keep everything a, a secret? And last season when one of the, I can't remember who it was, who had like an anxiety attack and had to run backstage and pull off the mask. And I was that whole moment when they were like hiding it. I was like, did someone see the person? Do they know who it is? Like, I've been so fascinated with how that show works since the very beginning. Yeah, because like, as you know, it looks like a general stage show, but like what goes on behind the scenes in order to keep the secrecy, the system is unbelievable. Like it really is like they're different call times, you know, cars will enter from different sides so they don't go out the same side each time. So they don't know that that person driving, you know, back up the hill to that person's house. Like it's wow. It's really well thought out. Yeah, it's quite a system. And they always have those people online guessing, but I don't think they've ever, I don't know that they've ever gotten a picture of like a celebrity unmasked, you know, taking the octopus suit off or whatever. Right. It just makes me laugh exactly what you said. I feel like if someone pitched me that in a room, I'd be like, that doesn't work. And yet, like, again, I literally just turned it onto my screen and was like laughing and guess it. Like, I'm so, dr- and I don't watch, to be honest, I don't watch a lot of competition shows. So, and I'm just right. totally drawn in, just total, total fun. And then I called everyone I know. <laughs> including Kaylee. Including Inclu- Kaylee. Including me. And then we're I think obsessed. first you. I was like, turn on Fox now. <laughs> it's so great. It's so fun. I still watch it. My kids watch it. They love it. Like all their friends watch it. It's it's such a fun show. I like secretly want to be famous enough to like just be on it. My sister used to have this thing with Dancing with the Stars and she was like, I just want to be famous enough to be on Dancing with the Stars. And I'm like, I just want to be famous enough to be on Masked Singer. Like, I like know my character. Do they get to choose Yeah, character? what's your character? What would your character be? Me or Kaylee? You. Both of I was oh, actually me? asking you, Kaylee, because you oh, said you knew, but now I want to know Chris's too. I was too. I would be a rainbow. I want to be a, there hasn't been a rainbow yet. Has there? I want to be, I want to be the rainbow. Can I be a rainbow? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know what I'd be. Like a donkey? Oh my gosh, that's awesome. That's funny. But like a mini donkey? I like that. What kind of music would you choose? Oh, I'd choose the worst music. Like I'm like a 13 year old girl. Like Kiss FM is my jam. Awesome. Mike. My son listens to like Earth, Wind, and Fire, Led Zeppelin, and ACDC, and I listen to Justin Bieber and JoJo Siwa. Like it's crazy. oh my god, I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's so emasculating, but so fun. That's awesome. When, yeah, yeah, donkey. I'm in. What about you, Randy? You're kind of quiet on the animal front. Hmm. I think I'd have to. I'd be some kind of monkey. That's always oh, been yeah, like my good. spirit animal. Oh, I think I'd be a monkey. Be a monkey. Oh, that's cute. Yeah. I don't think there's been one, actually, which seems like a kind of obvious one, maybe. I don't think there's been one either, but it'd be funny if, like, you, because monkeys throw their poo. And it's like, <laughs> you threw fake poo at the audience. Oh, I'd throw it right at the judges. Are you kidding? Right. <laughs> and do you, like, give the audience, like, chocolate or maybe drugs or something? Because they're so excited and, like, have so much energy. I'm just wondering what they're, like, how do you get them that hyped up? I know for sure there's no drugs. Okay. Uh, I figured no drugs. Chocolate may be an option. Yeah. Some candy, some like sugar or something because like there's, I mean, I love it at home too, but sometimes I'm like, wow, they are super excited. How did they get that excited? They get real fans, like real fans of the show who are like, actually, 
because you start to get invested, especially yeah, as the season that's goes true. on, like yeah, yeah, yeah. who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, so true. And like for the unmasking, they reduce the audience size, but like it's like who because it's not live. Um, right. Yeah, like people are super invested, especially in the audience. That's how they get those reactions. So funny. It's so it's great. It's so funny. That's amazing. I love that. Was there a reason you were drawn to Unscripted and you started working with Mark Burnett and Fremantle or? It was so, it was just right place, right time, I guess. Like mm. I, I went to college for studying political science and like wanted to do law. Like my grandpa did. He was my idol. And I was like, maybe do politics. Because like you two, like I just love meeting people and talking to people. So, and then I was like, and I played volleyball in Santa Barbara um, and just realized like, I'm going to live in Santa Barbara the rest of my life. There's no better city in the country and like be a fireman and work 10 days a year. Like I, I, at 22, I was like, I have this figured out done. Um, but I've been working. I called my dad to tell him that. And then my neighbor at the time was this man, Bob Bain, who created like the teen choice awards. He does billboard music awards. He still does all Trevor Noah stuff. He's like, just told my dad, he's like, have Chris come work for me for the summer. And it was the year that he created, it was back when Christina Aguilar, Britney, Sync, all those were the hot bands. So he created Teen Choice Awards, had like summer music mania with all those bands. So I got, I basically worked for my neighbor. Thought I'd have like the easy gig because like I was the neighbor's kid. Right. Couldn't be further from the truth. Like got tooled harder because I was the neighbor's kid and worked more hours. Um, but like met the most creative, interesting people and realized my dad was in finance. So I realized I didn't have to wear a suit to work. So I was in, and then when I graduated college, again, I just got super lucky. There's been somebody watching over me my whole career. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a job at Weakest Link primetime, which with Ann Robinson. You are the Weakest Link. That, <laughs> Goodbye. <but>. Goodbye. <laughs> and then like my, my mentor at the time came to me and I was, I was unemployed. I'm like, well, this sucks. I don't want to like not make money anymore. And she's like, hey. We're doing this new show. It's coming over from England. They're going to look for the next Britney Spears. I think they're going to call it American Idol Search for a Superstar. Do you want to do it? And I was like, I like music. Yeah, I'm in. And then that was, you know, what we now know is American Idol and still know to this day. Incredible. Yeah, I didn't know that it was like a passion for either genre of television. I just, my passion was people and like meeting people and talking to people and doing cool, interesting things. Um... So I just kind of wrote it and like I said, for, did five years of American Idol, saw it from, you know, us ha- hanging out on the street, handing out flyers to then like in the biggest football arenas, stadiums around the country with, I think there's 50,000 one time. I mean, it was insane. It was so cool to see it. And again, honestly, I couldn't be more fortunate. Like that kind of wrote me a ticket to then do the next jump and the next jump. Um, so I went to Burnett, did Rockstar. Are you smart in the fifth grade of Shark Tank? Then Freeman called me to do X Factor. So I went back there uh, and then ran. I started having kids who so didn't want to travel as much. And so I ran my friend's company and then kind of realized like I was having conversations with the networks directly and just realized like, and like by nature, like I don't like to lie. And like, so it was just, it, it's been a 23 year, you know, work in progress. But like, you know, like you guys know, it takes forever to build up your reputation. It takes two stupid things to fuck it up. Um, so I just realized, like, if I just be myself, I'll I'll either go bankrupt or I'll have fun and make money. And I've been super fortunate thus far for the latter. So I just kind of keep that as the, 
the motto is like, work hard, be honest. And like, I'm not going to get rich off one show, but hopefully that partner sticks with me for the next 10 shows, 10 years, whatever it is, and just have fun together. I was going to ask, do you find that you're working with the same people over and over again? Or do you find that it's kind of always different or it might change with, with the seasons? Yeah, I work a lot with the same people. Um, I do a lot with Endeavor content, like Rihanna's fashion show. I'm going to Israel this week for Miss Universe. Um, so shows like that. Um, and then have kind of done some stuff with Amazon YouTube, got a few things with ABC right now. So it's, I also have this modern now of like, just work with good people. Like life's too short, you know? And I feel super lucky to be able to do that and like say no to stuff if, if my heart's not in it, with the, be it the, the people or the project. So it's, it's generally kind of the same people, same vibe. And then like, you know, like any business, like your friends introduce you to their friends and you know they're good people because they come from your friends and so then work with them. So it's, I, like I said, I'm for sure the luckiest person I know. That's amazing. Um, I love what you were saying just about working with good people. Cause I think, uh, you know, especially in this industry, I mean, I guess any industry, it's, it's a reminder to, you know, really enjoy what you do and, and, um, be with good people. I think that's like great advice. Well, like, look how lucky we are. Look what we get to do. We get to, yeah. I'm in a camo jacket in some office. I'm surprised <laughs> you guys can even see me with this jacket. Like, it's just, I get to talk to you. And, like, we do super cool stuff that not a lot of people get to do. And, and I don't know, I'm 43, so I've definitely learned a lot. You know, we're so lucky that it's it's awesome. And, and you know, as you get older, you learn. Like, it's just not worth it to work with people you don't enjoy. And like, we make less money probably, but your life will be more full. Well, I want to switch gears here to talk about a show that you're currently, I think it just premiered on Amazon Prime Video, which is Savage X Fenty Volume 3. And it's a really unique premise, sort of incorporating fashion, music, uh, icons, all the stuff. And I was wondering if you could first tell a little bit about this show. Dude, it is the most, it's the coolest show idea. Like, it's the only show... I actually tell like my friends, my peer group to watch because it's just the cool factor. Um, but it all, you know, you hear about, I think we all know celebrities that like don't touch stuff, just put slap their name on something. Like it's such a special experience where like it obviously comes from the mastermind of Rihanna and the savage people, the Fenty people in Rock Nation. Um, but she touches everything. Like, no exaggeration. And I, I know she, I understand that she's that way across, you know, everything she does. And she's just, I mean, she's she's such a boss, such an icon, right? Um, but it came, as I understand it, just, you know, I think we all saw Victoria's Secret Fashion Show. And it's, it's what models, what we thought models were at that time. And this is just more representative of, like, humans, on a global level and all genders, races, you know, um, transgenders, amputee models. Like it's, it's really, it's beautiful. It's cool to see like, cause it's a show that I can watch. I can have my daughters watch and my son watch. And like, it's not just, not that there's, I'm knocking Victoria's Secret at all, but it's like, they know like, okay, I don't have to be a size zero 
and look like that to be considered beautiful. I mean, A, it comes from within, right? But like, it's just really nice to see. And it's a cool project to be part of, like for those reasons. And because every year they, she specifically wants to up the ante, like how do you grow? How do you make it bigger? How do you make it cooler? Whereas you don't always see that. And this year we shot it at the Weston Bonaventure Hotel, which is in downtown LA. Used to be like this hot club uh, in like the 80s. Um, and really used the architecture as the framework for for the backdrop and the set. And it was it was unreal. You know, like the hotel was still a working hotel. And where we thought we would take over 20% of it, we took over 40% of it. And we shot all overnight. It was, this is, I mean, it's, the, there's no show like it. I've never done a show like it. And it is, it was amazing this year. I watched it with my kids. I mean, it's, I don't know how you beat it next year. I'm sure she'll think of a way, but it was like, it dude, it was unreal. I think I just recovered from the overnights like a week ago. And we shot it a month ago. Wow. Yeah. House nights can be brutal. <laughs> yeah. And she's in it this year. So like, it, it's really cool. And like, just like Erica Badu, like legends, Nas, and then you get, you know, Ricky Martin to daddy Yankee. It's always funny too. Like, it's always interesting to me to see that the, the music compliment that they put together, because it's nothing that's obvious, but it always works out so awesomely. Um, it's worth checking out. It's well, a good I'm one. I'm excited to see this season and I've loved it and it, I've read about this season. So I'm excited to, to check it out. Oh, but, uh, Cindy Crawford's in it. Oh. I mean, it's just right. Like that was an icon that I wow. looked up to. So yeah, it's a cool one. Check it out. And then you have to tell me about what you thought after. Oh, I will. We'll be back for volume two. Kaylee and I met at musical theater camp when I, I was eight years old theater. and you, you worked on a show. I believe you worked on encore. Yeah. I love musical theater. Like, no, like I was just talking to a buddy and he was talking about sports and athletes. And I'm like, I have no idea. You tell me about like, if you ask me about like Hamilton and the actors and that, I could tell you each one. <laughs> I love I it. Well, Hamilton. you're, you're in, you're in good company then. Cause we're oh. the same, but actually that's not true. Cause Randy actually loves sports and you can't catch her on a Sunday cause she's busy watching football and you know, that's true. But we did, we met at theater camp when Randy was, Randy, how old were you? Like eight or nine? I was eight. You were eight and I was 12 or 13. Like 10 I'm not years ago. age myself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 10 years ago. Totally. 10 years ago. Um, so when Encore came out, I was like so excited and we were talking earlier and I was like, we should convince Chris to get them to do another season so we can go back <laughs> and we can do a show. Agreed. It's the best. It's like high school musical meets high school reunion. <laughs> Yes, totally. Like, it's so good. I was so stoked to do that. Uh, it started off as a pilot for ABC and then switched to the series at Disney Plus. And like, honestly, it's one of my favorite shows that I've ever worked on. And Kristen Bell's so nice. Like, again, it's one of those celebrities that you don't go in with expectations, but like, right. she's just such a kind person. Like, it's so cool that it's so cool to see. And the music is great. Um, yeah, that was a really fun show. And like I said, it's like High School Musical meets Reunion. And it's just so organic how they all reconnect. It's it's funny. It's like one of those real reality shows. Totally. Yeah, I loved the storylines too. I mean, not only seeing them come back together um, and 
perform or try to perform after not performing for like, you know, 20, 30 right. years. Um, but like just the, the storylines of like exes, like they were high school sweethearts and now one of them, you know, that's yeah. it's great. It's great television. If you have not watched, go watch Encore. It is great television. <laughs> It is so amazing. But you're right. Like, we all have that. Like, oh, I dated her in high school and now she's dating my friend from high school and we don't talk anymore. Like, it's just, it's amazing. It's all so organic. It's so real. It's so, it's so good. Yeah, totally. Chris, what's a major challenge that you've come up against in doing production services on a series and how did you overcome that? Um, the, the craziest show I've ever done, the most recent one was Savage by Fenty, Savage X Fenty Volume 3. Because for the aforementioned reasons, but the other the the one that still takes the cake is uh, this show called Million Second Quiz, where we took over an old Mercedes Benz dealership, which is right next to Lincoln Tunnel. During hurricane season in New York, we built a fifty foot steel structure on top of the building with LED screens. Ryan Seacrest hosted it, and it was live twenty four hours a day for for twelve days which equates to a million seconds. I think it was 12 days. And inside the dealership, it became like a contestant living zone where they played the game all day in order to make it up top, became production offices. It became post-production. And all the while, like we had to bolster up the roofs because we had so much weight up there. Found out after we moved in, like there was an old train, uh, subway, um, subway station, subway track underneath like it was just it was on that was one for the books wow um and then savage x fenty volume three was was a challenging one as well but i i think i think it's all communication right like on every as in real life um that's when the challenges come up when communication isn't clear or or thoroughly spread to the people who know it um I'm super fortunate, like I said earlier, where I get to work with people I know and, and you build a shorthand up and, and trust. Um, but I think communication is the what can bring anything down. So that's the most challenging thing is to ensure everyone properly communicates with each other. Yeah, I mean, I think that's I used to own an experiential event company, and I feel like very similarly, similar to, you know, especially unscripted reality TV I mean, it's live, it's there, it's happening. You're always going to run up against something you don't anticipate or expect. Um, and it's really about, you know, s staying calm under pressure. And like you said, communicating and, and being quick to problem solve too. I mean, I think that's a big, totally. you just got to continue to just come up with answers and, and move forward and maybe a little easier in television. You can stop and start, not really quite an event, but, um, <laughs> you know, but still right. it's all live. You're filming everything and, you know, you want to keep it seamless. Um, and these are massive productions. I just, you know. Um, it takes a team. It takes, t yeah, teamwork. And like what you said really, really resonates as well. Is like anybody can identify the problem and then point fingers, but it's like, dude, let's figure out the solution. And if you really need to revisit it and point a finger at someone, sure, you can do that after, but let's just figure out how to move forward properly and, and ensure the best for the show. Is there a type of series that you like working on? You obviously have a lot of music in your background, but a lot of other things as well. Um, and, you know, or is there something specific that you're looking for? Um, you know, when people come with you, can you help do this or that, the other? I mean, yeah, like I'm a super Marvel nerd. Like I love all things Marvel and Disney. 
So I'd love to do, I would work for free to do a Marvel show. Like that is something that, you know, not only for myself, but like gives me more street cred with my kids. So totally definitely be it. Um, yeah, Marvel and anything music. Like I love music. So anything that's at the core musical, I'm in. But Marvel's like the one dream thing that I haven't done. And like, of course, like someday I want to do the Oscars or the Emmys, like just do it. Um, I know the people over there who are awesome. They're not going anywhere. So it may just be a dream, but I'm putting it out there right now. And the Grammys, that's the ultimate yeah, the Grammys, that's like your perfect, yeah. that's the one for you. Oh my God, I'd love it. I know, I'd love it. But again, everybody's so awesome and so young over there <laughs> that I don't know that they're going anywhere. A boy can dream, Randy. We can, we can. You've put it, so anyone out there, Marvel, you hear us, you you find Chris Wagner, you can reach out to Series Fest, we'll connect you. He said he'll do Thank Marvel you, for free. Marvel for free. That just cut down a massive budget line item. <laughs> it's true. And I'll give you 10% of that free. Amazing. I just want to come on set one day. <laughs> right? As a, as a fellow so cool. Marvel as a fellow Marvel fan. <laughs> Are you? Yeah, I just saw a commercial for Eternals last night. I'm like, I don't even know what that is, but I'm in. Angelina Jolie's in it. Oh, really? I don't yeah, I don't she, really follow the whole Marvel world. I I nerd. should definitely. I know. This is yeah, this is where Kaylee and I really divide. Like I'm definitely a nerd. Uh, and Kaylee's nerd. definitely very cool. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's so sweet. I'm so glad you think I'm cool. I'm so glad I project that out into the world that I'm cool. Um, I'm curious, Chris, for those who are listening, because this is called Breaking In, a Series Fest podcast. For someone who wants to get into production services or, you know, producing um, unscripted, what what would you recommend? Any advice you would give? It's such an uncon. I feel like the business is becoming less unconventional. You know, like a lot of that old school energy is getting pushed out because nobody wants to deal with yellers or people that throw stuff. So it's becoming more where you can go on the, I'm making this up, of course, Amazon website and find a job. But I still think like it's still such a highly impacted business that it's helpful to know people. Mm -hmm. And I would just like, I, I would get in however way you can, meaning if it's a PA, if it's an assistant, like I love being a PA because I got to see every aspect of television yeah, and like kind of figure out what I want to do. Um, I think it's still incredibly helpful to know someone. I know like a lot of colleges are said, like alumni are setting up access through their colleges, their high schools, whatever it is. So I think it's becoming more. I think the access is becoming easier, but it's still, again, super helpful to know someone. I think that's like any business. Um, but like in regards to advice, like I don't think anything replaces a good work ethic and a good attitude. Mm. You know, yeah. and ask questions like everybody. I think everybody likes to talk about themselves and their career. And it's a great way to learn, like always ask questions because then you see that that kid's interested and in going out of his way to like invest time in, in what you're doing and what he or she is doing. So that's my tips. Follow your heart. That's great. I think that's great advice. And, um, I love that you mentioned just even being a PA or being an assistant. Um, cause I think so many times, you know, we're also eager to go and jump and be running the show, but 
um, to really learn the industry. I, I know for for myself, my first days really on set were being an extra. And as hard as that was watching someone else do what I loved and not having a word to say, I learned so much from just having the opportunity to sit back and really see what happened on, you know, film and television sets. So I, I love that, that you mentioned, you know, start as a PA, really learn. And also the asking questions. I think that's, that's great advice. Yeah. And like, it's all a marathon, not a sprint. So like, just learn, absorb. Yeah. And it kind of circles back, Chris, to what you were saying, but at the beginning, too, as you were getting started, I mean, you worked across, you know, from what I've seen, like you've worked across legal, human resources, finance, like you sort of did a whole bunch of things that brought you to this career in production services. Um, you know, I've had a similar career that sort of led me here where it's like I did all these other things that brought me to this place. And I feel like if you don't kind of put yourself out there and also try different things, especially getting out of college and, and putting yourself in, whether you think that's the thing I want to do, but you give it a try because you don't know how it all will circle back later and, and affect your career and impact the things that you do in the future. Yeah, totally. And it's just like, I never got complacent or like comfortable. Like I'd leave like American Idol. Like I let, I knew that my boss wasn't going anywhere. So I'd have to keep, you know, and be careful not to burn bridges in this business. But like, I had to keep jumping around in order to like, learn and move up. Like I always told myself I had to move out to move up because complacent and comfort will, will never get you that. Thank you so much for, for chatting with us. And before we hop off, um, Oh, what's happening, Kaylee? Oh my goodness. Before we hop off? I know we're going to ask you a question and I'm going to pretend that what you, is it? you know, this question because you listen to our podcast, you've listened to every episode. So you know, the question, <laughs> which is, I did. I yeah. love it. And I'm a huge fan oh, of your work. <laughs> thank you. Well, clearly we're huge fans of yours. Um, if you could have worked on any television show in history, what would it any. have been? Any, any. What would it have been? And what would you have done on it? I would do, I love Gilligan's Island. Because like I grew up on that. And like Ginger and Marianne, like I had a cr- little boy crush on. Mm. Yeah. Uh, not so much Mrs. Howell. Um, <laughs> but like I love that show. What would I do on it? Man, I wasn't ready for that singer. Um, maybe like the coconut boy? Like they would set me up and I'd go get like their coconuts and open them for them and like I'd have happy coconut happy hour every night. I love that. Great answer. There was no job for that. Yeah, nobody did that. And I felt like it was really needed to round out the cast. Totally, totally. You need like, you know, something to like, just you like a one chop coconut off. Yeah, uh, I have a machete. Yeah, machete. Uh, That's what I was thinking. Machete. <laughs> I'm like back to my island days of like seeing the guy with the machete, like take the take half the <laughs> coconut, bring a straw out. It's like my favorite thing when I travel to an island. That's I know, what you would I love do. It. That'd be I me. Love. I would be your coconut boy. <laughs> I love it. Great answer. <laughs> Chris, thank you so, so much. And we have to get you out to Series Fest to the festival in May. We'd love yeah. to come out. And um, But we're so grateful that you spent this time with us here on the podcast. And we look forward to staying in touch and seeing you soon. For sure. I'm so grateful for you guys taking the time to have me on. Thank you so much. It's so fun. Thank you for tuning in for today's episode. Series Fest is a nonprofit organization and our work would not be possible without our incredible board of directors, staff, and partners who make programs like this podcast possible. 
We have ongoing competitions, initiatives, and mentorship programs year-round, so please check us out at seriesfest.com and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook to stay up-to-date on announcements. This episode was edited by Neil Trulio with original music by Adam Westbrook. <laughs>